You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject that I have prepared for you is the one and only Max Cavalera. The reason for the conversation with Max is due to Killer Be Killed's new album for 2020, titled Reluctant Hero. It is out now. It was released November 20 by Nuclear Blast. Check out the different versions of it online at the Nuclear Blast website. I've got a frog in my throat, but I'll keep going. Apart from that, we talk about a bunch of other stuff. You who listen to the podcast fairly regularly will know that I introduce a whole range of topics into the conversation, so expect a bunch of great banter, but I will let the cat out of the bag on one. I talk to Max about the fact that I feel he and his brother are overlooked as the godfathers or one of the handful of people it should be referred to as the godfathers of extreme metal. So listen out for that particular exchange. So here he is, Max Cavalera. No problem, man. How have the how have the calls and the interactions with us, you know, us Australian media types, been going over the last few weeks? Because I think you've you've spoken to quite a few of us by now. Yeah, I think all of us are doing a little bit. The whole band, I know that Troy and Greg been doing some. Um, it's been good. Yeah, everybody's very excited for the record, and Australia has always been a big place for us. Uh, the only place we ever play Killer BQ. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're pretty excited. Yeah. Well, look, we've, we've had several conversations over the years and look, I think you're mining such a, a, a fertile creative vein these days. It, it kind of feels a bit like a second coming because look, I'm an old fan. I've explained this to you in the past, but for me, like beneath the remains and arise, arise are just two of the most essential statements in heavy metal history. But what you're doing now with Killer Be Killed and on Soulfly's Ritual, Ritual 2 is still an album I listen to, by the way, it's sterling stuff, but I feel like as though you set yourself up for another 40 years because, believe it or not, that's actually how long you've been doing this for now. But just focusing on Reluctant Hero, um, I've spoken to Greg and um, Troy already, but, you know, the four of you, including Ben, of course, you've just produced something sterling here on Reluctant Hero. So you must be thrilled with how things are going for you so far. Yeah, it's very exciting. You know, we work very hard on this album for a long time. It was a slow process of, um, you know, jamming and then going away for six months and jamming again, going away for another six months. And this process went on for five, like five years. Mm. Never done a record that's this slow, but it was cool, man. When we entered the studio, we did everything together till we didn't, there was none of that file sharing stuff that other bands do. We didn't want to do any of that. We, we wanted to get all old school and, and organic. Um, so I'm very pleased with the results. Killer BQ is a, it's a different thing for me. To, I get to do different things on it. I get to explore my more melodic riffing side a, a, a bit together with, with a heavy riffing. And then I get to do... Yeah some heavy vocals but not really the typical doesn't have that many hooks like some of the soulfly sepultura stuff has it's a little bit more abstract but it's 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 really fun and i really enjoy it i enjoyed the guys a lot we were good friends and uh and of course we enjoyed 
being in a band because this record feels more like a band than anything else than anything we ever done. This one is really hits like a like a band focus, kind of like a like a real band, you know. So it's not really a project anymore, more mm-hmm. like a real band feeling to it, which I think is cool. So that's such an important point because you can't make music that's this cohesive unless you really are a band, given how strong the four personalities. I mean, three of you are household names, for God's sakes, at this point. And it's, uh, I hate using the term supergroup, but I'm sure you've heard it being used in conjunction with Killer Be Killed. But I mean, it does allude to another fact. And I think I've, I asked this of um, both Greg and Troy, so I'm interested to hear your take on things. But did you have any creative differences? Because with such, you know, Iconic people in the one rehearsal room, man. It can either go really right or really wrong. Yeah, I mean, no, not really. We really enjoy. I, I think what's cool about it is that nobody really brings any egos to this, which is really. I think that's that's the key element, is that we don't have any big egos coming in. But we all know and respect and are in awe of the next person, you know. Mm. So it's more like like working with the guy that you really like and you are actually excited to hear what he's going to bring to the table. I'm excited to hear Troy's riffs and Greg's riffs and their vocal ideas. Um, so the friendship and the excitement of being in, a, in this group uh, yeah, it's much bigger than egotistical things, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't really, plus, we don't need to really say, I don't need to remind them, yeah, I'm the guy that wrote Roots, I'm the guy that, yeah, uh, I, they know this, you know. Uh, so it's like we, we don't need to go there, but no, not really, not really friction or more a little bit of a of butting the heads. I mean, I, I, they were trying to convince me to sing a little more on Reluctant Hero, the song, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to ruin the song. I told them that. I told them, I, I think it's a cool song, man. I think I should not get too involved because I'm going to ruin it. It's, it's you know, it, I have a special kind of vocals that works really good for some things, but in this song, it's going to ruin the fucking song, and it's a beautiful song, and I don't want to be... I don't want to be uh, the guy that ruined the song. <laughs> so I, I told them that, you know, and they, they were like, okay, that's cool. Uh, so they just, you know, I sing two lines on it and uh, I'm very happy with that. You know, it's my, my contribution is in different areas on the record, or the, you know, like a lot of riffs and structure ideas and songwriting kind of things. So yep. I think we all have different roles and, and because of that, I didn't feel the need to sing in a lot of the other places too. I think we we kind of split the vocals, mm. I guess, equally. But I do sing a little less than the other guys. But it's okay. I'm okay with that. Mm. You can hear your guitar playing. Whenever your guitar comes in, it's like, yeah, there's Max right there. So that's that's one of the most identifiable things. And I think your singing on this album is great too. But the conversation I had just before you was with Mike Campbell. Now, he's currently Fleetwood Mac's guitarist, but he was also Tom Petty's offsider. And he shared a story with me, much like the one that you've just shared, about when he was invited along to do the Travelling Wilbury session. And of all people, George Harrison was asking him, or I think collectively the group was asking him, because, of course, that band had like Bob Dylan in it, 
um, and uh, Roy Orbison, of course, you know. But I think um, George or Roy or somebody was asking him to do the slide guitar solo that's in Handle With Care, you know, that song, that iconic song that's just out there everywhere. And yeah. Yeah, and Mike had to say, I don't think that's right. I don't think you should do this because he has high self-awareness like you obviously do too. And, of course, that iconic guitar solo ended up being done by um, George Harrison. So I think you got a bit in common there, if you know what I'm saying. It might be a bit different in terms of the scenario, but it's always great to hear yeah. musicians who know their strengths and weaknesses, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really have a problem, like, at all with that. You know, like, it doesn't hurt my ego or... I'm looking after the the record, you know. I'm looking mm. out for the best of the record as a as a full picture result. So I think for me, I'm looking out for this is the best thing we can do for this song is to have Les Max in this song, and we save it some other stuff. My participation in the other parts, I'm very happy with it. You know, in fact, one of my, the coolest things was in in a uh, uh, in another song, uh, I think it was Comfort from Nothing. Uh, my vocals in the end, Troy say was one of the coolest vocals he has heard me singing in everything that he has heard of me singing. Mm. Um, so to me, right there, it's just cool to hear that, man. You know, your own band guy, then he's aware of all your work that you do and he's, he, you know, give you that kind of, that kind of, um, affirmation of of a uh, stamp of approval on mm -hmm. something that you just did um that's really cool and that's you know keeps everybody motivated but what i like about this record is actually the involvement everybody's involved the band i think band was great having been in the band was what we were missing like a real good drummer solid drummer that can play the all the fast trash stuff but can also do amazing you know, staying in the pocket kind of things like mm -hmm. from from a crowded wound and reluctant hero and then animals of course and everybody more involved troy more involved sounds like left of center they're singing amazing and uh yeah it's just fun it's fun to be it's, it's, this is a really blast I'm very mm -hmm. i'm very blessed to be part of this project that is more like a band than a project now um but, but yeah, you know, the, I think the record itself, what I like about the record to me, especially right now where we're living here in America, there's this huge sense of this tense political air sure. and coronavirus. People need escapes, you know. I think this record lets you escape from all this bullshit. And I think it's even the first line of... Um, deconstructing self-destruction i love the line from troy says i black out the unseen um this is really what the, this record feels to me you black out the unseen you, you 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 block it out all this negativity bullshit that's around you and escape the record lets you escape to a mm. to a cool place for like 45 minutes you get to travel somewhere else with this record if, if you if you if, if you let it, you know, and uh, mm. it's a nice escape from the manic reality that we're all living. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And look, there is lots happening in your part of the world these days. And, 
you've never been backward in having a voice on on social issues i don't think because i think at this point in time and i know you're from brazil originally of course but you've been in the u.s for for a while and i just as an observer as an aussie mate we've never seen that place more divided along partisan lines and even just yesterday i saw that there was a heap of videos posted on uh, social media accounts and dave rubin was talking about it showing blm and antifa supporters beating the living daylights out of trump supporters now of course, big tech and just about every mainstream media outlet won't cover anything that doesn't fit a left-wing narrative. But the political environment, look, it is fertile ground for lyrical content. And as I say, you've always written or you've always had a, a bit of a, a commentary on what's going on around you. So a bit of a question about Soulfly, I suppose. Do you think what's going on at the moment will inform the lyrical content of the next album? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I haven't, I'm more like doing music right now and collecting riffs for new soul fly right now. Uh, I haven't really done much lyrics. Um, Killer BQ was different. It was, it's not really a, a political band like at all. We actually don't have anything like that. Doesn't really fit the, the vibe that Killer BQ has. So it's much more abstract, more like mental kind of songs. I think a lot of the songs on this record to me I really um, kind of like uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of feeling, you know, yeah. kind of like like, a, like a mental issues type type stuff. Oh, especially sure. songs like yeah. Left of Center and From a Crowded Wound. Um, I love the message on the first track, the construction. So I think deconstructing self-destruction i like the it's very positive it's about uh you know living life like you never die and yeah. making the best out of opportunities that you have in life you get just so many shots you know so it's kind of cool it's a cool message it's a cool positive message um i think that was that, that was really inspired and of course the uh the the, the title track which is Troy's uh, came up with Reluctant Hero. It was mostly written for Troy's friend, Nick the Passway. He was Mastodon's manager and mm -hmm. was very heartfelt, which is kind of like a soulfly thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it was cool to watch him approach that. I've done in many ways, many songs like Tree of Pain and, um, uh, you know, bleed in a lot of the old Soulfly stuff, yeah, songs about Dana and, and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, it's the thing is, it's like very divided here right now, and you just really, we just really sick of it, man. You just want it just to be over, you know, just like just stop it's foolishness, man. You know, it's like. It's, it's, it's getting, it's foolish now to the point of like, you know, counting, it's one accusing the other, counting votes and this and that. And mm. it's just typical political bullshit, you know. Um, that's that's why I even wrote uh, Primitive in the first place. Back to the mm -hmm. Primitive, I'll call your politics. I don't have any politicians that are my friends so uh, i think they're all, they're all they're all dirt they all are 
power hungry bastards, you know. But we have a chance now to put a guy that's a bit better than the other guy. So we should grab this chance. <laughs> um, but I don't put too much trust in politicians, man. Nah. Yeah, I think mm. you have to like look up for yourself, man. Don't depend on a politician for your life. I agree. You're seeing a lot of that now these days. I just think with some of the youth, they just they've gone so idealistic. They've forgot that a lot of ideals need to apply in the real world, and and they're trying to re rearrange the re this so-called real world to fit a narrative. And it's very strange to see at the moment. I was just talking to a uh, my daughters go to go to a local school here, and talking to the grandmother of another one of the kids, and she grew up in Norway. And she was telling me about um, her uncles, how they were beaten senseless. And I actually think she said one of them was killed by the Nazis at the time. So people like you and I and my grandfather fought in World War II, we're a bit more connected to the past and some of the ills of the past. But this new lot that are coming through, mate, seem to have these, this polarity where they've got to go either mainly extreme left. I know there's a few on the, on the extreme right, but mainly to this extreme left, to this socialist perspective which is murderous in my opinion. I know, I know we're not here to talk about politics, but I think you can see it manifests in this polarity at the moment. And I just, I do fear for the next five years or so, the short term, I think in the long term and the midterm, we're going to be okay. And I credit yourself and other great extreme metal musicians for giving people who are fans of the music an outlet because God knows if there's any time we've ever needed heavy metal more, it's right now. And that's why I think what you're doing with uh, Killer Be Killed and Soulfly is so important moving forward. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, there's still, I, I still enjoy political messages. And, I, you know, some of them are quite strong. I mean, you know, if, if you look at an album like Chaos AD, it's, it's very, uh, even though it was done 20 years ago, it seems like a lot of the songs fits the world right now perfect, like a glove, even more mm -hmm. than when it was written. Or, or Nail Bomb, you know, Nail Bomb, perfect example. A lot of the songs in Nail Bomb, we were doing a tour about of Nail Bomb like two years ago. And it was fantastic how, um, and kind of creepy, how those songs that were 20 years old, they fit the times now better than they did when we wrote them in the first place. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I probably would do more of that kind of stuff, you know, because I, you know, I do enjoy having a voice, and I think it's, it's important for us to, um, yeah, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the the right things and the wrong things out there, and there's a lot of wrong messages being portrayed. The problem I think these days is that you have internet and everybody has a platform, and and you have all this brainwashing you know, especially here, you know, what Trump yeah. did here was really just taking the mask off and just exposing all the ugliness that was all underneath, you know, America. Mm -hmm. But now it's, it's, you know, the, 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 the masks are off, you know, you can, and it's fucking crazy. It's, it's just really, and, and I mean, my country is not in, 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 is not in any better. You know, we have Bolsonaro, which is a product of the Trump era. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this guy's even way worse than Trump. You know, he wants to just kill all the Indians, and 
uh, legalize murder and just just make the police go in the favelas and just kill everybody. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is this 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 guy is a sick bastard. You know, he's in he's, he's in control in Brazil. Hopefully, Brazil wakes up too and and makes a change in the future too. Um, but you know, um, a lot of a lot of when we're in times like this. A lot of good music comes out of it, you know. So it's the same as yes. the same <laughs> 70s. You have the Vietnam War, so you had all that great music come out, of, you know, Creedence and Clearwater, and and uh, you know the Woodstock, all the all the revolutionary, Juice Scott Heron, all that great stuff, you know. Yeah. And then you know, 77 the punk stuff, you know, Maggie, Maggie Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher, and mm-hmm. all the punks came with that great. Great music came out out of that mm-hmm. in America in the Reagan years. Great music came out of that. So now probably is a good time for good shit to come <laughs> out. <laughs> so next year, especially with COVID, man, a lot of people at home writing their their brains off. I think we're going to see a lot of music next year. Yeah, agreed. And a lot of tours, I think, throughout 2021, if either a vaccine appears or whether herd immunity starts working and the rates of infection stop being so disastrous, if you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm in a hurry of touring. Like, uh, whenever it come, whenever it's safe to do it, and it's, you know, but I'm not like like some of the guys are, like desperate. We have to. I mean, it's gonna get be ugly anyway because there's like a billion bands trying to tour at the same time, and and nobody's even I think realized that's gonna happen. Um, it's gonna be a shit show, man. It's gonna be a fucking crazy situation. But uh, I'm just gonna use my time the best I can. You know. I, I, I stay busy here at home doing the max tracks every Tuesdays, Saturdays. Yep. <laughs> Love that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, and that's actually kind of cool. Like, I think that actually going to influence my uh, my future work in Soulfly, hopefully, because I'm, by dissecting those old songs, I'm really going back and, and, and dissecting them in a really cool way that I get to appreciate the songwriting of those songs. And I love the stuff, especially stuff like Escape to the Void, Schizophrenia, and then Beneath the Remains, which is mm-hmm. one of the rawest records I ever made. Um, I think it's really going to give me a good influence, inspiration for this next Soulfly record. And I, I would like to, this record to be a commemoration of all things Max. So it'd be kind of cool to have a record that you can hear the influence from the beginning, from Morbid Visions to schizophrenia, to arise, to mm-hmm. chaos. And you could hear all that in the new Soulfly and, and going to the future, which is always what we do, you know? So I think it'll be an interesting record. I'm looking forward to this to this record. I'm already writing with my son, Zion. Yeah. We're gonna get um, the right people involved, hopefully right producer, right, right staff people involved. And, definitely record the next year but in the meantime we're just going to keep on busy with you know killer bq some interviews max tracks and mm. and so far that that's plenty to keep me busy to next year a bit hey look have i got time for one more question all right all right look i'm writing a book and you're in it because i've spoken to you for about half a dozen times at this point um i think i mention it every time um that I have a chat to you and I mention it plenty of times on my podcast, but 
I first met you at the uh, the Roosevelt Hotel in Los Angeles, of all places, and you were very kind and waited for me whilst I was. This is about twenty two years ago or so now. Um, you waited for me whilst I got a pen and paper so as I could get your signature. And I often tell that story because you've always been just so cool and really a man of the people. And I've written about that story in the book, but something else is that both yourself and Igor, you can trace your musical origins back to the early 80s and your recorded timeline matches Chuck Schuldinas, unbelievably, if you go back and do it like for like, you're not far off it. Now, when I, when I spoke to Jeff Becerra, he was on a crusade, Jeff Becerra, of course, from Possessed. He was on a bit of a crusade uh, and he was talking a lot about, you know, Possessed was the first ever death metal band, end of story, effectively, which I've got to say I agreed with at the time because I'm an old fan of Possessed, as I am of Sepultura, but I've since done a bunch of research and I don't actually feel he's on point there, and I'll explain. So South America and Brazil in particular, I think is probably the original epicentre of extreme metal. I'm talking, not talking about like what Venom did and the like, but identifiably what sounds like what Napalm Death did on Scum, what you guys did through schizophrenia, etc. Volcano sounded like that on Devil on My Roof, which is from 1984. Now, that predates Seven Churches by 12 months. And I think people forget that Bestial Devastation, your first EP, that only came out a month or two after Seven Churches was released. So that means I don't, you didn't have a chance to be influenced by Seven Churches. Now, I don't feel that you or your brother get any recognition for help kickstart what I call the global extreme metal revolution. And I think it's high time you should. I know you get a lot of plaudits for other things, but I think this is a massive oversight by the community. So what are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I mean, it, the extreme metal definitely was, was big in Brazil, you know. You, and you're right, Volcano is one of the oldest bands in Brazil together with Dorsal Atlantica. Um, you know, they were playing before us. Um, we play. We played together when we were releasing. You know, when we start touring for for Best of Devastation and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean the influence of those records. I mean they have they had a big influence on a lot of the black metal stuff. You know, from talking to the Mayhem guys to, hmm. you know, I see all these black metal bands covering the uh, Morbid Division stuff like like Orga Hall covering uh, funeral rites and mayhem uh, covering, uh, you know, or, or, or not, uh, mayhem covering Troops of Doom when they play Bellow, they told me that story. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it's cool to know that there's a huge um, respect from those bands, but you're right, we don't really get credit. Ah, not at all. We, yeah. we get... Uh, it's it's more about to talk about other things, other bands and stuff like that. And I mean, I you I was writing to Chuck from Def, you know, back in back in the day, where he was one of my first pen pals in America, and well, that was before Scream Bloody Gore, um, which is one of the you know to me probably my favorite death metal record of all time is probably Scream Bloody Gore. Nice. Seven churches up there, of course, you know. Um, but it's, it's um, yeah, I, I love Jeff. I mean, Jeff's a great guy. 
um, have a, I have a huge respect for him. I, I love what they what they were able to do on Revelation of Oblivion. It's, it's an, an amazing comeback record. You know, it's, it's actually an incredible feast, incredible feat to, to do it. And it's, it's, I, I tip my hat off for him for, for, for that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, we have, me and Igor always, uh, always talk about that, like, because we were very young at that mm -hmm. time. And, and I think Igor's drumming, I think when you listen to Antichrist, that's I was like the first blast beat yep. that you can hear, you know. I don't know. Of course, the guy from Sarcophago got credit right after that because their album came out just a little bit after Best of Devastation, and he ripped off Igor's drumming and got all they got got the credit for the blast yeah. beat. And then mm -hmm. Napalm Death, of course, right after that. But Igor was doing blast beat on antichrist on bachelor devastation that's for mm -hmm. sure that's yeah. a sure fact <laughs> so yeah no I, I thank you for that man that's cool that's a, i really appreciate that yeah it's something hosting a podcast series as i do having conversations with so many people like yourself jeff you know I, I everybody's cool by the way it's certainly not designed to elicit any kind of debate that's going to put anybody at a disadvantage that's for sure but I remember talking to Jeff and he was very, uh, he was on a, and I've spoken to a few other musos about it, but Jeff was definitely on a crusade there uh, to claim what he felt was rightfully his. And, and I thought at the time, because I'm, God, I think I had seven churches. I bought it in a secondhand record store in like 91 or something like that, like a really shitty old copy. Um, and um, I listened to it. It didn't stay with me too much, I've got to say. The most notable thing for it was, I actually got it because Larry the Lawn was on it and I was a massive fan of Primus. So that's way back in those days. But, um, yeah, I, I think Jeff, um, Jeff's a good guy to your point too, yeah, and certainly deserves whatever accolades he gets. But I, I just don't like the way you guys get over, you know, overlooked. Uh, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. I know that, you know, you've both had, both had successful careers in the industry since then, of course. But, um, you know, I, I try to read some of these books that are by subject matter experts, or heavy metal subject matter experts, and they always leave you guys out. They always put you guys further on down with, um, you know, with the big change that happened around Chaos AD or thereabouts. And that's fine. But, um, and I think they're extremely important albums, uh, you know, particularly Beneath the Remains and Arise. But I, I don't think that, I often say this, um, that if it wasn't for you guys sounding the way you did, then extreme metal might not sound the way it does now. Now, it might have evolved, but it just wouldn't sound the way it does right now. And I think that's it, the final important point that I need to make. Appreciate that, man. It's cool. You know, um, it's always like a um, a living and learning kind of experience. But uh, mm. even in the, the stuff like, especially the stuff I do with Soulfly, I feel a lot of times feels like, you know, like like always trying to combine uh, the world music elements and metal and stuff yeah. like that. And it's been real. Uh, challenging to do it, and and uh, a lot of times I don't, I don't you don't hear much feedback from it, but it's 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 as as they say the struggle is the glory, <laughs> the struggle is the glory, brother. So it, mm -hmm. it it doesn't it doesn't phase me, man. You know it's it's all right. I I know the things we've done. I know the things we're doing. Um, 
uh, I'm I'm extremely motivated person to keep keep doing keep playing music. You know, um, I'm very happy with with the with this this Killer BQ record. I'm very excited for the new Soulfly record, and I have I have all the surprises also in the in the upcoming for next year. So let's oh, just let's let's keep keep uh, keep the positivity going. But uh, yeah, I I I'm a metalhead most of uh, most of for for you know before being a musician, I'm a fan. I'm a huge metal fan. Mm. Uh, actually, I kind of think myself of a kind of a metal enthusiast kind of uh, student you know yep. i love to read about metal i write you know i love biographies i read tonayomi's biography twice <laughs> you know it was like so good i had to go and read it again because it was so good um and i like awesome. you know i yeah. like playing with other musicians man you know this is why you learn so much from all of them from you know Working with like Mike Patton to Sean Lennon uh, to underground guys like Todd from Nails and and uh, Travis from Cattle Decapitation. Yep, it, it's it's cool, man. It's cool. You know, it's like it's fun, and I enjoy. You know, probably you know look for more guests. Hopefully, on the next Soulfly record. Well, that is your trademark, your specialty. There's no doubt about that. So, look, as I say, mate, look, um, you know, thank you so much for making the music that you've made over such a long period of time now. I just look forward to our next conversation, no doubt with your rate of creativity that will happen within sort of 12 to 18 months. So I look forward to the next one. All right, brother. Nice talking to you, man. Likewise, mate. All right. Chat to you again. Cheers. Take care. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you just heard from then is Max Cavalera. Thanks so much for listening.